Amen. We need Pims chapter 4. Uh, we're going to start from verse number 6. Can we read from verse 6 together, church? What does it say? Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, thank you, Lord, in supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Right? Verse 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall what? Keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Next. Finally. Everybody say finally. Yes, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things have good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on those things. And now give him a big clap offering. Now, we started defining, I think in the first two teachings or so, we started defining what anxiety or worry is. And we said that worry, by biblical definition, you can call it whatever you want in psychology or psychiatry, uh, generalized anxiety disorders, GADs, and all, the, and all that definition. But for us, it's scriptural here. And if we define it from what the Bible says, it means to tear a person in pieces. And we also said it means to what? To fracture and divide a person's being into pieces. Anxiety means you are being divided in pieces. You are torn apart. Your body, your being is in different places. Some of you is in California, some of you is in, is in New York, some of your body parts are in Colombia, some of your body parts are in Scotland, Jamaica, some are in, uh, I think Nigeria too, some in different places. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's what anxiety does. And it also means to be pulled apart in opposite ends. Opposite ends. You're trying to go this way, but you're being pulled here. So you are, you're pulled apart. You can never be in one place. This is, this is pulled here. This is pulled there. And you're walking. This is pulled here. This is pulled there. And you're trying to go this way. And this is pulled here. And this is pulled there. So that's what anxiety means. To be pulled in opposite directions. And it weakens you, frustrates you, it depraves you, it deprives you, it, it depresses you, it discourages you, it makes you feel despondent, it makes you feel that you're in desperation. That's what anxiety does. So that's why the Bible says you cannot be what? Anxious about absolutely nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing means nothing. Amen. Nothing don't mean some things. Nothing means what? Nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But it says that in everything by what? Prayer. By what? Prayer. By what? Prayer. And what? Supplication. Let your what? Request be what? Made known unto God. Okay? Now, how do you know your request is made known unto God? The peace. 
If your prayer has reached heaven, you will have peace. If you don't have peace yet, you need to pray some. You need to pray some. You say, you say if your prayer and request with thanksgiving has ascended to heaven and heaven is walking on it already, you have what? Peace. Everybody say peace. peace. Irene from the word Irene. Serene. Serenity. Peace. Everything will be calm. You feel good in the midst of turbulence. You feel like you got it together when the fire is burning. You have peace. You are quiet when everybody else is just all over the place. You have peace. Amen. And the peace of God that is from heaven that what? Surpasses. Surpasses. Exceeds. On top of. See, the peace of God that what? Crosses above. Above. Notice it says the peace of God that passes all of the activities of your mind. See, in the Greek Bible says the mind there. So the peace of God that passes everything that my mind, my feelings, my thoughts, my emotions, my imaginations, my reasoning, my will trying to make me do. There is a peace that surpasses how I feel, how I think, how I imagine, how I'm feeling right now. It doesn't matter. There's a peace that takes over, that climbs over, that takes over every situation. And that peace sits on top of the problems. And I can't see the problems no more. I can't feel the problems no more. Because the peace is sitting on top of everything that was troubling me. The peace of God that passes, surpasses Every kind of what? Understanding. What do you understand? The doctor said you have a problem. That's what you understand. But the Bible says that when I refuse to be anxious and I pray with thanksgiving and I make supplication, the peace of God will come. And that peace will drown what the doctor said. I'm telling you. You will never hear a word of that diagnosis anymore. Because the peace passed. I don't understand. The peace, over, the peace overcomes. And not just that. The peace becomes weaponized. Everybody say weaponized. Great. The peace that passeth all understanding shall militarily, in the Greek Bible, shall what? Militarily. Militarily, offensively, and defensively mount God around your heart through Christ Jesus. It keeps you calm, and then it gets weaponized at the same time. You have peace, but I'm telling you, you have protected peace. The peace is protected. The, 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 the word, the peace of God just says, hey, don't come in back. See, don't come in back in here. Watch jealously over your heart for out of it are the issues of life. Guess who is helping you to watch this time? The peace of God that passes all understanding shall what? Garrison, Mount God defensively and offensively, militarily around your heart and your mind. 
Sometimes the translations are too summarized. Amen? That's why we are called to teach, to break it down. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the peace of God, the pastor understanding shall what? Militarily, offensively, which means it goes ahead. It doesn't wait for the battle to come. It takes the battle to the enemy. That's where it's an offensive line. The peace becomes offensive. It's fighting your enemy before you ever got to know that you have another problem coming. It keeps you calm. So in a situation where sometimes you're fighting a battle and before you know something else is trying to come, don't you worry. God already fought it before you knew about it. God attacked the problem before it got to you. God already answered the call before you heard the phone call. Before that phone call came to you, God Almighty already sent his angels ahead of you. That's why he said, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. If you believe that, shout, oh yes. Amen. Now it says in that word, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. Now we're in verse 8. What does it say? Okay, conclusion. My brethren, brethren, sisters, and brothers, brethren. Uh, amen. It says, finally, what? Whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are. Uh huh. Yes. Yes. If there be any what? If there be any. And if there be any. Do what? Do what? Praise the name of the Lord. Think on these things. Now that word think there comes from the Greek word that means logically reason. Logically reason. Comes from the word logizomai. Logizomai, logically reason, from the word logos, the word, logically reason. In other words, walk through the process of breaking it down. Is it true? Is it honest? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it, does it bring good report? Does it help you? Is it lovely? Does it make you relax? Does it make you love people? Is there a praise board? Is there any virtue, intangible benefit in it? Logically reason or logically come to a reasonable conclusion or reason it to a logical conclusion. Reason to a logical conclusion. Reason to a logical conclusion. Wow. So God wants me to think too. Yes, why not? He wants us to think, but a different kind of thinking. Amen? That's why I say in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, I know the thoughts that I have concerning. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you what? An expected end. So God thinks. But the God thoughts about me are good. Not bad luck thoughts. Oh, somebody wants to kill you. That's not what God's always thinking about. Well, let's pray. Somebody's trying to kill somebody. Stop it. How about good stuff? Thoughts of good, not of evil, 
to give you what? Unexpected in. So I have in my soul realm the capacity to think the way God wants me to think. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16. Let's read it together. Have you been blessed so far? What does it say? Who had known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But what? Do you have the mind of Christ? Okay, your mind is your soul. Right? Your mind is your soul. So, your center of imagination, your thoughts, your reasoning, your will, your feelings, the emotions. That's your mind. We have the mind of Christ. He breathed into us. God breathed into man the breath of life. And man became what? A living mind. A living soul. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So your mind is there. You have the mind of Christ. Praise God. But in 1 Corinthians, that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you look at verse 14, verse 14, what does this say? Can we read it together? If I let my mind be attached to what? Things that are on earth. If I let my mind be attached. See, remember I have the mind of Christ, right? He's there. But if I allow it to be attached, to be yoked to things on the earth. If I allow that mind to be attached to things on the earth like a yoke. If I allow that to happen, I will be what? Carnally minded. I will have a mind controlled by by man, carnal, by flesh, by mind. And then I'll be tied. Okay, so if I allow that mind to be controlled by my flesh, okay, then it will be what? Death, separation from God. But if I allow that mind to be controlled by my spirit, to be spiritually minded, or have a mindset that is controlled by my spirit, as the diaphragm to the control of breathing, then it is what? I will receive what? Life and peace. Why are you looking at me like that? It's in that scripture, isn't it? First Corinthians 2, right? Yeah. So, it's life and peace. So, how do I know? How do I know that my mind currently is walking in line with what God wants? I should have what? The Zoe. Zoe, the God kind of life, which means nothing is bothering me in spite of all the problems that I got. Okay, okay. Problems are there, but they're not, they, I mean, they're so, they're so attenuated, if I may use a loose word like that. They're so weak. I mean, they don't even, look, I don't even know if they exist. There's so many of them that, I mean, there's sometimes you have so many problems that it's like, which do you start with? So you, you might as well dump all of them and mind your business and let them mind their business. Amen. I mean, where are you going to start from? I mean, there are too many of them. If you start on one, you're going to be sleepless at night. Do you want to sleep? Then dump all of them and say, Lord, you say, cast my cares upon you, for you careth for me. First Peter 5 and 7. Amen. Anyway, back to that scripture. 
in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. I will have life and what? Peace. Again, the same peace, the same word, peace, calmness in the midst of the storm. <clears throat> that you have a feeling of certainty, a feeling of stability, a feeling of wholesome wellness in spite of what you're going through. Feeling of divine quietness. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. Now, in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, which I believe we read last Sunday, we'll quickly breeze through that in verse 6. Romans 8 and 6. To be kindly minded is what? Death. But to be what? Spiritual minded is what? Life and peace. Because what? The kind of mind. You see that? If I let this mind continue to be attached to earthly things, I become one walking opposition to God, enemy of God. So I don't want my mind to make me an enemy of God. <clears throat> so by doing, by constantly causing your mind to be attached to physical things, Mundane things, earthly things, controlled by problems that you see, controlled by situations, influenced by situations that you see, then you make yourself what? Carnally minded. The Bible says it's enmity against God. Go ahead. What is the next one? Yes. Uh -huh. Neither indeed can be. can be. That's verse 6? What's verse 8? So then, did that. Did in the flesh cannot please God. See, they that walk like that cannot make God happy. So if you set your mind on things, on, on problems, every time you're thinking problems, this problem, that problem, he said, God says, but you're making me uncomfortable, man. You just make, you're not making me happy. Why are you always looking at, at the, the storm? Why are you always looking at the wind coming? Why are you always looking at problems? You're making me uncomfortable. I can't even answer your prayer. That's why you're thinking. You're making me just, I don't know what you're doing. Every time there's a storm, you're looking at a storm. You're never looking at me. That's why you're sinking. Cannot please God. I think it was 1 Corinthians 2.14 that says that, um, uh, what is it? Cannot receive the things of God, right? Because they're spiritually discerned. Cannot receive. The kind of mind cannot what? Receive the things of God. Because they are spiritually discerned. You can't even receive from the Lord when your mind is so attached to carnal stuff. You can't receive from God because you're so, you're so restless, you're so worried, you're so, you, you keep looking at the wind like Peter did, and so you can't receive supernatural things. The Bible says they are what? Spiritually discerned. Are we together so far? So we've had the definition of the mind, definition of anxiety, <clears throat> worry, the origin of worry and all of that stuff will define it. Now let's go then to that portion of scripture that says by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let's go to Matthew's gospel chapter 26. Matthew's gospel 26. <clears throat> Are you there with me? Matthew 26, 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, 
and said unto the disciples. Okay, sorry, let's read together from verse 36. Sorry. Yeah? Can we read together verse 36? Go ahead. Into a place called Gethsemane. Uh huh. Okay. And he took with him who? Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began. Notice, notice God, God, Jesus in his humanity is being sorrowful. Wow. God is sorrowful. He said, he began to be what? Overwhelmed. The burden that he was carrying, the death that was about to come, was so overwhelming. He began to be overcome with sorrow. Wow. That's Jesus himself. I mean, think about him praying and trying to go through. Remember those chairs we had here some time ago? Jesus himself trying to overcome the pathway of prayer. He's trying to overcome one to the other. Right now he's overwhelmed with sorrow. In prayer. Sorrow in prayer. Think about it. Next. My soul. My mind. My mind, see, my mind, my feelings, my thoughts, my imaginations, my emotions, my will, ex my reasoning, exceedingly what sorrowful to the point of feeling like I'm dead, to the point of death. That's Jesus. Think about. Think about us. This is Jesus himself going through this. My soul, my mind. I'm praying, but my mind is overwhelmed by the problems I'm about to go through, by the pain I'm about to go through. In fact, to the point where I feel death. Death has been laid on him. He feels the weight of the sins of the world. Seven billion people right now, plus all the more that existed before now. He's carrying all of that in prayer. He didn't just go say, Father, thank you, hallelujah. Ooh, thank you. Ooh, by faith, I just claim. It's a done deal. Father, okay. Uh, where's uh, Golgotha? Where's the cross? Come on, everybody bring the cross. Let's go. No. No. He felt it. The Bible says we do not have an high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our weaknesses. Who like us was tempted in all ways yet without sin. Jesus is feeling the sorrow, the pain that you and I feel many times when we're going through problems. He is carrying a burden of death, of sickness, of, of, of disease of the whole world. He's carrying something. He's feeling it. He's not inanimate. He's not a robot. In his humanity, he can feel it for you and for me. But this is what the king of glory himself is going through. Then said he unto them, my soul is exceeding. We read that verse 39. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed. 
saying, Oh, my father. I'm going to the realm of possibilities now. Oh, my father, if it be possible, take this experience that's about to happen, meaning this cup from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. So we know that he's trying to now surrender his will to the will of his father. Think about that. Next verse, what does it say? I'm fine. See, people, they're supposed to pray with you are sleeping. When you need them the most, can't find them. They're taking care of themselves. They're asleep. They're tired. They don't understand. How many times have you been alone by yourself? Praying, and you're hoping someone is praying alone, but nobody is. It's like you're kind of crossed by yourself. They were asleep. Next verse. And he come unto the disciples and find them asleep and said unto Peter, What could you not walk, watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, right? The spirit indeed is what? Willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again a second time and prayed, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink of it, uh, that will be done. And he came, found them again asleep, for their eyes were heavy this time. He left them and went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then come at his disciples and said unto them, Now you can continue to sleep. Take on your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he, did his, he is at hand that doth betray me. Comes back. Peter is asleep. John is asleep. James is asleep. They just sleep, man. They just sleeping. All night sleeping prayer conference. They just sleep. They're not helping Jesus. They're not helping. I mean, these are the closest people to him, Peter, James, and John. But I'm telling you, their eye, in fact, the second time I said their eyes were heavy. They could barely open the eyelids. They couldn't keep the eyelids open because the moment they open, hey, Jesus, is that you? <laughs> they slept back. It's almost like they had narcosis. They were just sleeping. But Jesus was left alone again in the garden of Gethsemane all by himself. God have mercy on us in Jesus' name. They will watch and pray. But by prayer and supplication, I want you to notice the soulish battle he went through. Right? The soulish battle he went through. That climaxed with rise up, okay? Let's now go. Let's now go, no problem. Sleep on, let's go. Because what? He that what? Betrayeth me is at hand. So now he moves from the soulish into the spirit. Now at this time he's not asking the father anymore for whether his will or no will. He has accepted if, Father, you won't take this away until I go through it, anyway, let your will be done. Not mine, but let your will. I'm ready to take it. Let's go. So the Father confirms to him. Now, in the spirit, he receives a revelation now. He's ready to go. He's ready to move forward. See, that's how prayer works. You may start in the soul realm with a burden, with, with a heaviness. You may be weeping and crying. God knows how many times I cry before him. But you may be weeping and crying your way. And as you get in the spirit, the spirit of God, as your will gets yielded to him, and the spirit of God gives you an answer, you're ready. Notice the cup did not pass away. But Jesus was ready for the cup. That's also answered prayer. It's not every time that God takes the cup away. 
Amen. Sometimes he just prepares you for the cup. He got ready for the cup. The answer to him, the father says, no, I'm not taking this away from you because all prophecies must be fulfilled. You have to go through this. Yeah. And so the father said, that's what you're going to go through. And he accepted it. And bingo, he said, let us go. It didn't take how long before that foolish guy showed up. The foolish guy that nobody asked him to do a job that he decided to appoint himself to do. Judas is carrying. Why are you all so quiet on me like that? Huh? You receive him? Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Then go with me to Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 23. Proverbs 16 and 23. Let's read it together. The heart of what? Mm-hmm. Amen. The heart of the wise does what? Yep. So if you handle your soul well, it will train your mouth on what to confess. If you train, if you feed your mind well, it will control your tongue, not to bring death upon you, because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen? Now, let's now go to uh, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I want to show you something here as God showed me. I want to show you some things today, fascinating. I mean... Through the week, I just, I mean, when God will show me some things, it's like, I'm just learning the Bible afresh. I'm just, I'm just learning. See, they're not saying amen. They're... Okay, Matthew chapter 6, are you there with me? Look with me at verse number 25. Therefore, what? I say unto you what? Uh-huh. Be not anxious for your life. That's what Jesus is teaching here. Be not what? Anxious for your life. And that word life, it comes from the word suke. Be not anxious for the things of your mind, the desires of your mind. Be not worried about the desires or the feelings of your mind. Do not be worried about what your mind tells you you must have, your will. Do not be worried about your emotions, how you're feeling. Do not be worried about what you must receive. Okay? Let's go on. What does it say next? Nor yet for your body. Nor yet for your body, what ye should put on. It's not the life more than, more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for the sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your word, heavenly Father, feedeth them. Are ye not much more better than they? Which of you by what? By being worried. Which of you by being worried can what? Add one. Uh-huh. Saying, look, your worrying is not going to change anything. You're wasting your time. 
I'm wasting my time worrying about anything. Worrying is not going to change the situation. That's not God's formula. So don't practice what God has not asked us to practice. All right, let's go ahead. What else does it say? And why be anxious for raiment? Yes. Because they're least of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not as well dressed as one of this. One of this. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Now, therefore, take no thought. Don't be anxious. What you shall eat, what shall you drink? And keep saying. Don't let your mind keep saying inside. What will I eat? What will I drink? How will this happen? Don't let those words keep coming out because they keep feeding your fears and your anxieties. For after all those things the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father, knoweth that ye have need of these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought. Don't be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought. Be worried for the things of yourself sufficient unto today is the evil day of. Now, I want anybody here to tell me. I got $20 award here. In the scripture, the Lord is explaining to us why these things happen. What phrase does he use? The first, $20. I'll count three, then the dollars go back to my pocket. The Lord gives us a solution here as to why these thoughts are coming. They keep happening. What's the first answer as to why they keep happening? $20. Three. Two. One. Nobody got it. Nobody got it. My $20 back to me. Nobody got it three times. Amen? I want you to look again. Now there's no $20, but look again. <laughs> Huh? Why do these things happen? Thoughts? Okay. Now, okay. Now, let me tell you what God showed me. He made my eyes go like this. Boom! I said, what? I have preached this Bible? Lord, are you kidding me? Wow. Okay. Verse 30. What does verse 30 say? You see that? Do you see that? You see how hidden it is? Buried in that scripture. Buried in that scripture is the answer to why people are getting worried every day. Jesus says it's because of what? Little faith. The origin of anxiety is what? Little faith. 
the root of anxiety here in the scripture is what? Little faith. Because the devil has his tough fear and all that stuff. But we talk about what Jesus said here. It's what? Little faith. I said, wow. Yes, I knew you were thinking. I knew you were thinking about it. Yes, I was hoping you say it quickly, but I knew you were thinking. I knew Vicky was thinking about it. Thank you, Jesus. You notice I came near you here when I was raising the 20? Yeah, yeah. I knew you were thinking about it. Praise God. Yeah, praise God. Amen. <laughs> yes. The reason for what shall we eat? What shall we drink? God says it's because you don't trust me as much. You don't trust me as much. So I'm like, wow. 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 So I can trace back then and make sure that I am not allowing my what? Mind to drown me. Because if it does, then I'm not going to be able to exercise faith. And then anxiety will be there all day long for me to harvest. Because of little faith. Now, I want you to go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we finish that verse, remember it says there, sorry. It says what? It says what? Verse 31. What does it say? Yes. Yes. Amen. Sufficient on today is the evil thereof. Now, it says here, do not be worried continuously by saying continuously. What shall we eat? What shall we eat? And it says here, I have enough gas for you for one day. If you add two days, you're going to run out of gas. You're not going to have enough gas for, for two days at a time. I have packaged gas tanks for 24 hours only. If you carry burdens, I'm not saying planning, if you carry headache and worry for the next day and next one week, and you're planning for December, and you're getting drained now in September because of December. You're on your own. He said, because I didn't design you that way. I designed you to have enough for one day at a time. So part of the solution to anxiety is what? Living one day at a time. Remember that song? One day at a time. Lord Jesus, sweet Jesus. Na, 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 na. One day at a time. I mean, I've enjoyed one day at a time. He didn't say don't plan. He didn't say don't pray about things to come. He just said you can't carry the load of tomorrow as if it's already today with anxiety and worry and tension and desperation and all of that stuff. You can't do that. Because you don't have the grace for God. So I didn't give you grace for that. I didn't set you up to do that. 
I didn't ask you to burn yourself down like that. I did not raise you up that way. The day you came out with your birthday suit, suit, I did not train you to just over-worry yourself, be despondent, discouraged, depressed, and all that stuff. No, because in Luke 12, 15, your life does not consist in the abundance of all these things you're worrying about. You brought nothing here and you're taking nothing out of here. And so what sense does it make mathematically to be worried about something that's not going with you? anywhere anyway and tomorrow you have to buy a new car the next day you're tired of your old house the next day you gotta have new clothes so what the heck can you shout oh yes somebody gosh hey what is all this about you're running blood pressure you're having headaches for what when you came out the day you were born, did you have a car? No. Did you have a home? No. Did you have an airplane? No. Did you own a business? No. Did you own a, a, a jewelry? No. Did you have money? No. You just ate, you drank, you were happy, you cried for food, you got more food. You were hungry, you cried. Somebody brought you food. In the same way, cry to me, your heavenly father. Somebody's going to bring you what you need. Somebody's going to bring you the food. That's why I call you children of God because you're a child of God Almighty. Just cry to your father. Weep before your father. He will do for you what your earthly parents do for you and even much more. Can you shout yes, somebody? Amen. Said amen. Worry-free living. We are overloaded. Too many believers are overloaded. We are, I mean... We carry this. Uncle, this came. Uncle, this got this problem. On this got that problem. This somebody died yesterday. Yeah, okay. Somebody said, Have you heard? Oh, they said, chest, then stomach, then joint, then muscle. I mean, this and that and this. We are too loaded. You don't even know what to pray anymore. Because when you say, I pray, our Father who had heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh, AT&T. And Lord, yes, I just remembered AT&T. Lord, make sure those people don't mess at me uh, um, uh, before you finish AT&T. T-Mobile. Bind that in the name of Jesus. Bind. At the time you finish, you pray for all your soulish stuff. You have not had time to hear anything God has to say. You've just been talking for one hour. Nyam, 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 nyam. Even your tongues. Ingrid mama, ingrid mama. Your eyes are wide open. Ingrid mama, ingrid mama. You look at all your problems. Ingrid mama, ingrid mama. In the name of Jesus, send talababa, kandalababa, inga bayanda yamba, eti anti inga yamba, anda yamba. Eti anti, landlord, inga inga randa, manda, landlord, yeah, 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 yeah. Can you shout praise the Lord, Samba? Amen. Your prayers are so roped up in, in anxiety and you're sweating like a pipe. You're sweating like you're praying. There's no way you're going to pray like that and give God the whole deal because you don't even trust God is going to do it right. Because sometimes God is going to be too slow. You think God is slow, so you give him something to put some back in your pocket on your way back. Say, Lord, I finished praying. And... Um, um, how am I going to solve this problem now? Okay, just finish praying. Just finish praying. How am I going to solve this problem now? 
that's not what I read here. It said the peace of God that passed all, all reasoning, all emotions, everything that I had before I went to pray, the peace of God that surpasses, that takes over, shall what? Offensively and defensively mount God around my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. That's what he would do when I have prayed with prayer and supplication in addition to thanksgiving. So I need to pray until that burden is no longer a control of my life. I need to pray until I can release that burden to God to help me because it's not by might, it's not by power, it is by his spirit. You refuse to continue to carry a yoke upon you. That's why I say come unto me all ye that will labor and are heavy laden and I will give you what? Rest. Lord we need that rest today. Don't you need that rest? We need that rest. The devil is a loser and a liar. Father we need that rest. We need that rest from you. We refuse to continue to carry the world. We will carry that which is enough for today only. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Someone doesn't have offering today? Who didn't come with an offering today? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Can we read that together? Remember where it said little faith? Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm about to share with you. This is hot from off the press. Fresh from heaven. I'm telling you right now. You got to come back to church right now. You, just, you can't travel nowhere, right? You just be sitting, be comfortable. Have your... Uh, Seatbelt and everything, ready? Ready for a ride, okay? In the Holy Ghost. Let's read it one more time. One more time. One more time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Hear faith, what? So faith cometh by hearing. And he uses that word in terms of continuously hearing, right? Faith cometh by what? Hearing. And then what? Hearing. Now, let me, uh, I can write on the board here, but, uh, yeah, I need two people to come out here to see what I'm doing. When I draw a circle, you see, not many people will come because they think there's a trick somewhere. You see, they, they, you see, they, they look at me. They, you just, Pastor Jay, you see, they had faith. They came out. The, 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 the other people are just looking at me and saying, huh? let me watch what happens first. I better know what's going on, and I'm going to make up my mind. Okay. All right. What is this here? Circle. When I draw a line from east to west and north to south, on a through a circle from one end 